my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Everybody, and thank you so much for joining us again for another installment of the iHeart Podcast Network Speaker Series. This is Probably my favorite moment of the week, honestly, where we get to stop down and spend a half an hour with an incredible creator, partner, publisher, innovator, with something of a focus on podcasting. But these conversations usually go well beyond that as we talk to somebody we really admire and are very grateful to partner with, honestly. This week is no exception. I, along with my partner in crime, Giselle Bonses, who is the executive producer and the lead of a new project and company we've launched in partnership with Enrique Santos, a company called My Cultura. It's a Latinx podcast network. We'll get into that in a little bit. We have the distinct honor and are just going to have a blast talking to Wilmer 
Valderrama. First of all, Wilmer, thank you so much for hanging out with us for half hour today. I really appreciate it, man. No, thank you for having me. So so fun to continue to iron out, you know, the ability to continue to sharpen our tools as we kind of move forward and how, how we do this when we do it together, you know? So listen, you are known for a lot of things. You're an actor, you're a producer, you're an activist. You've been in everything from that 70s show to NCIS and lots of stuff in between. But let's take a step back for a second. It's been a really crazy year and a half for all of us. It's this thing called quarantine or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, how has that been for you? What have you been filling your time with? I hear there's a new kid in the mix. What's it been like? It's been a learning curve. You know, <laughs> if we're going to use pandemic terms, you know, it's been an exciting ride. You know, I think that, uh, and I can speak for as men, you know, uh, most of us, we have a purpose, right? We, we have a specific vision of what it kind of feels like and looks like uh, to be a man. But, you know, you don't really understand the magnitude, you know, and the joy of the responsibility until that new member of the family comes in, you know, and, and it just wakes up the most incredible primal, you know, instincts that you would never know. You would never know that we're in there, right? I mean, sometimes people can tell you, read this book and here's what it's like. And, you know, in sidebar for all those new dads out there, you know, all your boys are always going to give you the worst case scenario stories and they're going to give you the horror stories about it, you know, but the truth is every story is different. And I can reassure you of that. I think it's all about perspective and how you navigate always the half full, you know, instead of the empty. So, so that, that really, really helped me throughout the process. But I will say, I appreciate you asking. It's about partnership, right? I mean, and, and my lady and I, we're very much on the same page and mentally where we need to be. And it's a joy. It's a, it's beautiful. It's a pleasure to change your baby's diaper. Was it? It's it's a pleasure to change your baby's diaper is not true, but I'll ask you this follow-up anyway. I have four kids, so I am with you at every step of the way here, but I cannot imagine having a new kid during quarantine, during the year and a half we've been living through. Right. First of all, just logistically, I imagine it's really hard, but like emotionally, you're looking at a world that is going through a really tough time, a lot of mm -hmm. pessimism, a lot of challenges, but you yeah. have this new incredible life literally in your hands that fills a human with optimism. How did you balance that? I'm super happy you asked that because that's been the ongoing conversation for a lot of new parents and a lot of new families. You know, even for existing families, you have to pivot what it was like before than what it was like during. And then as you look at some kind of hopeful new horizon where you're kind of close to where you need to be and back of normality of it all, there are a new set of rules. There's a new loss of physics, you know, loss of uh, possibilities, you know, at the same time. And, you know, fighting for positivity and, and optimism became also the thing that we all kind of related in common. I think that, you know, to your point, I think I, I learned a lot about what was really important and what noise you allowed in your life. And I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to this part. I think that, you know, you realize what friends are really essential <laughs> and what friends aren't. And I don't mean anything in the sense of like influence or positivity or, or what they bring to the table. You just mean like, who are those individuals in your life who, you know, who couldn't really made an effort to make, you know, to stay in touch, you know, made an effort to kind of be around you. And that stuff is like, a, there was like also the other learning experience. But I think all in all, if you think about the positive side of it, besides the obvious, which we'll eventually get into, I think there was an upside on that. You know, I feel like we have an appreciation for, you know, the essential vital meaning of living life, you know, but that was, it was challenging, right? Because I had Latino parents who only go to the doctor when it hurts. 
you know, and I've talked about that in my in my podcast as well. But they've kind of sold program to go to the doctor when it hurts. That also that was really important to kind of reprogram our family to really think about prevention and all of that. So I mean, there's so much. It's such a loaded question, right? But I think when it comes to full circle about your your kid. You know, you hope that as they grow up into this world where eventually in a very near flashback, they can remember what this pandemic did to society and to our country and to the world, that they could really appreciate where they're at and that they can carry the torch and make it better. Hey, Wilmer, it's so nice to see you. Gracias por acompañarnos. It's always great to talk to you. And I'm really excited about the new show, which, you know, I want to get into a little bit. But, you know, speaking of learnings, you know, we know you from acting, from producing. I've seen you in a couple of music videos as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, podcasting is new to you. It's mm -hmm. a medium you haven't done before. So, so tell me, what has that experience sort of been like? Have you had the freedom to be more creative and how does it compare to acting? You know, that was a really unique experience. You know, I think that when you think about the medium, when you think about the world where you decide, okay, well, there's a new platform, you know, there's a new, there's a new way of communicating a narrative. You know, it's unique for an actor, right? It's unique for somebody who's produced and direct and, and done other things. And it's a different science, you know, and I would never come into the space and assume like, oh, I'm a podcast guy. I'm a host, <laughs> you know, in any shape or form. I, I think that I have a lot of colleagues who do this, this really well. I have a lot of actor friends of mine who have their own podcasts who do really well. But I also, I'm in the school of like, we don't need another celebrity with a podcast, you know, and I certainly, you know, look at this as like an opportunity to do it Differently. And I think that as a, an actor and as an artist, our job is to amplify, you know, to amplify the experiences that we have. But also it's about creating, you know, a playing field, like instead of having a platform, us having a conversation on the ground level. And that's what fascinated me about this specific art form. What about moving from a medium that's less visual? Is it hard to not lean on stuff that you're used to? The thing about podcasting is obviously it's a purely visual medium it's, or a purely audio medium. It's driving a lot of visuals now. You're seeing a lot of podcasts turn into TV shows, right. but is that hard for you sometimes to say, wait, I don't have the usual tools at my disposal? I mean, yes and no, right? I mean, I, I think I, I kind of like the audio version of it, I, and I think it traditionally nostalgically so i feel like it's kind of going back to talk radio what it used to be like when you used to just sit and, and, and listen to a talk radio program you know and I, I like the nostalgia of that and i like how universal that is you know i think that there's something about not having the visuals or having video in your podcast that's actually a little bit more impactful you are kind of forced to really take in word for word and i feel like you really focus a little bit more on what's happening i know call me old school i guess but i really do think that when you're listening to a podcast you know you really allow it to to enter you know, and I, I just really been falling in love with with uh, how inventing and how innovative, you know, the podcast universe has been. I mean, iHeartRadio has done it incredibly well by creating this, you know, these tiers of the universe of iHeart where you could touch not only just multiple categories of communities, you know, but multiple categories of conversations and genres. So there's a whole universe to discover that you can access anywhere in the world as long as you have, you know, a phone or, you know, or a laptop or anything, any way that you can connect. So to me, there's another new frontier for narrative. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? 
it's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It's a pretty cool medium. I mean, you have this weird moment where podcasting, this new medium is now being listened to by over a hundred million Americans a month. And just doesn't happen that often that a whole new medium comes along and, and reaches mass audiences like that. But let's talk about your podcast. So we were excited to partner with you around this idea called Essential Voices. It premieres July 27. I think you will do this much more justice than me, but I mean, you're, you're, the spirit of this was to highlight the voices of essential workers. Where did this come yeah. from? Why use your podcast in this way? What background do you bring to this? Maybe just talk us through that. Yeah, I mean, to be even more vulnerable or more um, honest about it, I guess to just be really upfront, uh, there was a, a, an instinct that made me really angry, made me really frustrated. During the pandemic, I went to a grocery store 
And I talked to my local grocery store worker and I say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, and they've been at work. They, they decided they had to be there, you know, an hour, two hours before they open. And they had to stay an hour, two hours after they close because they had to restock and they have to welcome the most vulnerable community as they were granted early access to the grocery stores before the regular hours. So I said, how are you doing? You know, and, and she said to me, I'm OK. And I said, well, you know, my perception is, thankfully, you're one of the few that is working. You know, that most most of us, you know, most of the world, I really, I say, you know, and I know the colleagues, you know, they were forced to go home, you know, and she said she was okay because she's realized that so many odd, different character traits have woken up in their regular customers. You know, they've grown kind of angry. They've grown aggressive. You know, at the simple statement of saying, like, we ran out of toilet paper. And as you remember, you know, there was a frenzy for toilet paper because the zombie apocalypse was coming and people really needed to have the safety of their own toilet paper, you know? And so when you really think about, you know, about what that was, you start thinking to yourself, like, wait, so this is why you're yelling at somebody? And basically they would say things, you know, and to be forward, they would say things like, I hope you get COVID and die. And they would hang up the phone or they would just throw things off the shelf and just storm off the grocery store. I couldn't believe that our neighborhood or humanity has come down to that. And I realized very quickly that there was, you know, these workers that we somehow, you know, officially deemed essential, even though they've been essential for 300 years of our country, all of a sudden we're at the receiving end of something they never asked for. And, you know, they were called on to do something bigger than themselves, and therefore they go there then putting their lives on the line. While we went to the grocery store and got our stuff and went home, they stay at the grocery store. So I know the 300, 400 people in and out of the cash register and touching the same things or whatever. And the level of stress they went through was traumatic. And I felt like that was the story that, you know, that we needed, right? That was the story, you know, that we had to hear because uh, I felt like we didn't have a level of appreciation and most importantly, the understanding of the toll that it took on some of our social workers. And man, and like that story, every essential career that was part of what kept us sane and safe at home has a very similar story. And I thought to myself, you know, we kind of need to understand what it takes to be an essential worker. But furthermore, what, you know, the ripples of what, what is done to them and now as we are exiting some type of pandemic, like what are we going to do to pay it forward? You know, and that's how this podcast was, was born. Yeah, you know, we're so excited for this. I've been able to listen a little bit into the roundtable discussions you all have had. And it's just, it's so moving and it's so important and it's so powerful and it's conversations that we need to be having. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about representation of Latinos in media. So not just podcasting specifically, but as you know, TV and film were underrepresented basically in all in all forms of media. I wanted to ask you, why do you think that is and how can we all sort of do our parts to, to quote unquote fix that lack of representation? Well, you know, we inherited a lot of the perception of what audiences wanted to watch or not wanted to watch for, you know, I would say 100 years of content, you know, or more. You know, we were given basically what they were willing to produce. And unfortunately, traditionally, these entertainment jobs, you know, we're not jobs that seem to have been, you know, options for some of our communities. And therefore, the narrative was controlled for many years based on who was making it, who was making the content, you know, from television to film to, you know, radio shows back in the day, you know, and now coming full circle to everything from streaming. But as the world gets more transparent and as the world gets smaller, we realize that we don't look 
like what most of these iconic stories that make it to screen and television are like. So I really, I really think that one of the biggest reasons is because, you know, unfortunately, you know, this content was made, made with the narrative or the point of view of the people that were making, you know, and I think that as we inherit uh, more leadership roles, I think that the paradigm is shifting. And uh, as we have more strategic partnerships, like the one I have with iHeartRadio, you know, we continue to create, you know, more content streams, you know, that can find themselves to the audiences that, you know, hadn't seen themselves or heard themselves or, or been respected, you know, on the screen or, or off. So I think that that's a lot of it. But when you ask me, like, why is that? You know, it's hard. It's hard to be optimistic or even be disarming about the why. It's a very sobering moment to have that conversation. And and unfortunately, most masses and most audiences don't want to hear that conversation of suppression and oppression. You know, they want to hear the fact that, like, it's getting better. And the truth is, like, it is really getting better. But there is a very, very specific reason and why it's been suppressed and delayed. But I think the more that the industries and the more that, whether it's Hollywood or whether it's iHeartRadio and anybody, creates a platform where we can perform and execute at the level of anyone else, you know, and if given an opportunity to not just tell our stories, but invite everyone else to our stories. Because here's the other perception is, like, don't give us an opportunity to tell our stories and pretend like these are stories just for them. Oh, we're making stories for them, you know, and like, oh, well, that's a channel for them. And that's really that kind of really move the needle forward. The, uh, the what's going to move the needle forward is our ability to invite most cultures and most communities to enjoy and understand who we are so they can understand what we do have in common. So therefore, we can really create unity among our communities and we can find a cultural standpoint where we change the values of how we see ourselves in this country. We're not a guest. We're citizens. We wear the uniform. You know, we're doctors. We're attorneys. You know, we, we have the essential jobs. And during the pandemic, you know, our, a lot of our minority communities were responsible for the mass level of relief from the farmer workers to the social workers who are helping the families who unfortunately are stressed and they had they need psychological help, you know, from from the paramedics to the doctors to I mean, you, you mean there's a there's an ecosystem of amazing individuals that are immigrants. But this is when we come full circle of the why. To dwell on the why right now tend, it could get us a little more bitter. But I think to dwell on the how we move forward, I think is is what is going to lead us to finding the what is going to make it happen. And I think that's what you know that's what this conversation is about. Right? It's about here's a a how, and here's the what it is. And we hope that you understand that there's a new why this is important. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. It's interesting that the how for us was to build this project with Giselle on our side leading it called My Cultura, which, it, like we said, is this it's a dedicated new company that we've launched with Enrique Santos that is by Latinx creators. But it's mm-hmm. interesting when you say, well, who is it for? It's not necessarily for Latinx listeners. Yes, in part, but it's for everybody. And I think what's been a learning curve for a lot of us, insofar as the Latino demographic in the United States is so large, almost 20% of the country and quickly 25%, that it's not an us, them, an insider, outsider. If you're not speaking to this audience, you're not speaking. (laughs) It's that large. And it's interesting, you talk about some of the biggest influencers and creators in the country, in the world, are this demographic. So it's been interesting to build this and pitch it to brands, to new creators jumping in from yourself to Lin-Manuel Miranda to mm-hmm. Malana Negra, like just an incredible group of people jumping in and wanting to join this. But right. it begs the question for me, when you were coming up in your career, did you think of yourself as I'm a Latino actor or producer? Or did you think I want to stop saying that as fast as I can and just be an actor and a producer? Like where right. did you sit with that? I appreciate that. And uh, to your point, I feel like my cultura should be a destination for content creators who want a platform to have their voices heard everywhere else. The thing about what I like about my cultura is that please don't confuse it with another Latino channel. That's something that we we have to really drive. And as a company and in a partnership that I have with iHeartRadio is that we need to communicate and make sure that our audiences and our communities don't feel like this is another channel for Latinos. This is a channel for Latinos to invite everyone to discover who we are, right? Because if without a platform and our ability to make our own content, it's hard for us to you know, have a verbal invitation. Here's who we are. Here's why we relate. Here's where we do have you know, a life in common. So, you know, and coming full circle you know, to your question, uh, I think it was the other way around. You know, I, I never saw myself Obviously, I looked at myself in the in, in my mirror and I was like, oh, I'm a Latino. I'm brown and beautiful. You know what I mean? But when I thought about myself as an artist, I, I my biggest influences was Anthony Quinn, right? Anthony Quinn played every ethnicity in the book and he was a Latino, right? I looked at like the achievements of Bessie Arnaz and, the, and you know how iconic all of his universal success was that it provided to all communities, you know, and he was a pioneer of that. And even though he had an accent, he was a Cuban man, you know, he was an artist. 
you know, I, that's kind of how I saw myself. That, that was the way I saw myself. I saw myself as an artist and I just wanted to be the funniest I could be. I wanted to be the best I could be when I was on screen and anything I did. And that's what I decided to do. And then I think in retrospect, the achievements of me as an artist, you know, brought a lot of pride to my heritage and then, you know, opened some doors as well as some of my other colleagues who, who started, you know, 25 years, 26 years ago, like I did. And now you come full circle to who we are now. There's a level of pride of how far we've come. And I want everyone to feel very positive about seeing themselves as Latino and identifying themselves in the, with the Latino X community. I also want them to see themselves as individuals who Latino is a gift, you know, and, and a part of their DNA, but their achievements as human beings are even more important to the community and to the culture. So I, I want that to be also the voice of my cultura and our podcast, for them to see that we do have a contribution in history and that, you know, short, you know, some of our contribution is being as colorful as a Latino, you know, but the other contribution is for achievements as people. And I think that is going to change the world for our Latino community. So I never saw myself as a Latino actor. I saw myself as an actor. and. You know, the more, you know, two decades and a half in, I'm still here. And now there's so many newfound Latinos in the industry, which is, I mean, I love it. I love it. You know, we just, we could have used to before. You could have really made that a little bit more noise before when we were out there just, you know, sticking to our accents and, you know, saying no to the stereotypical roles that we could have used to before. But nonetheless, you know, it multiplied our numbers and, and we're excited that, you know, that you want to be part of exactly who you've always been. And, you know, this is a call to a lot of, you know, my industry, because this is a time where, you know, you don't have to be politically correct. You can finally be who you are, you know. And uh, before we were told that, you know, you needed to be Americanized. So then like all the colorful communities can like you you know, or they can watch your stuff so you could be disarming enough for them. So you're not threatening. You were told that 30 years ago, but you know, you come full circle and like, you know, what's special about you is exactly who you are. And I think that that's the biggest message, you know, and that's the reason for my cultura. That is the reason for my podcast and Sensual Voices is to continue to humanize who we are as a community. What's special about you is exactly who you are. I think Giselle will take that as our tagline for, for the whole network, because that's awesome. Wiping tears, I think that that hit me. That hit me uh, in a in a very like nice way. Thank you so much for that. Incredible. You're a pioneer, a trailblazer. I'm just so grateful, Wilmer, that Michael Tura and Essential Voices, your new podcast, is a part of your next chapter. And I'm really grateful you're partnering with us on it. Some shows are really great. Some shows are really great and important. And this is both of those things. So thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you for being a partner. Really, really appreciate it, man. That's a privilege and it's an honor to be here for when uh, in 10 years from now, we'll look back and say, you know, thank God we started the snowball, you know, because I promise you that through these voices, the world would be more colorful and happier, you know, and I just want to remind to all my fans who've always been supportive and who are now going to tune into this thing. This is for you because this is who you are and these essential voices, you're going to not only see yourselves in, in them, but you're going to be inspired to be them. And uh, there's a million careers that you're going to hear that you had no idea were part of the essential biology of our existence. And I welcome you to uh, listen to Essential Voices and uh, on iHeartRadio and everywhere you get your, your podcast. But, you know, it's important that we tell the world that, you know, we have a right and it's okay to make a little noise. And everybody, thanks for listening today. As always, we really appreciate it. Hopefully it was fun and you learned a thing or two along the way. We will see you next week for more. Wilmer, take care of yourself. Pleasure, guys.
Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.